I'd like to welcome everyone here today, those of you who are visiting for the day or longer in programs through the Expanding Light, and also those of you who are viewing online, and those of our family here at the village. So thank you for bringing your energy and your devotion to today's service. I, my name is Maria, and this is Ananta, and I'd like to begin with a reading from Rays of the One Light, and this is written by Nayaswami Kriyananda. And they are readings from the, based on readings from the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And this week is uh, 28. It's entitled Self-Reliance versus Self-Reliance. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Last week, we considered the need for attunement with God, with the gurus, with the wisdom of others, until we make that wisdom our own. There is a strong and, in fact, valid belief nowadays in the need for standing on one's own feet rather than depending weakly on others to carry us by their strength. Swami Kriyananda was once asked, what is the best yoga posture? That one, he replied, which sets you squarely on your own two feet. Our strength must come from within. If that strength comes from the ego, however, instead of from soul consciousness, it is like a guitar string without its sounding board. The notes it emits will be thin and feeble. Our strength must come from within, but must be coupled with recognition of our inner link with broader and higher realities. The Bhagavad Gita says in the 10th chapter, everyone in this world whose life is glorious or prosperous or powerful, know that his achievement is but a little spark from the great sun of my effulgence. Jesus, in talking to his disciples, emphasized also the power of attunement with his own consciousness as a ray of the divine. For this ray had descended already through him in response to their devotion. It was a sign that God was already listening to them with receptive attention and did not require to be wooed in that way any longer. In the passage preceding the one that we read last week, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. This was the meaning of Paramhansa Yogananda's counsel also. 
when speaking more intimately to the disciples of the need for attunement with him. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. like to read a passage from Whispers from Eternity uh, that Paramahansa Yogananda wrote. Make us transparent that thy light may shine through us unimpeded. The sunbeams of thy love shine equally on all the members of thy cosmic family, whether prophet, hero, villain, tiny moth, or me. It is our own fault if we make ourselves opaque by our own mental and emotional dullness. Teach us to wipe away the dirt of error from the windows of our understanding. Our arms are weak for the task, owing to our long inner spiritual resistance. O Master Cleanser, lend power to our efforts that we may wipe away every last spot that clings to our minds obscuring our transparency and preventing free entry to thy light. O make us fully clean again, invisible in our egos, because transmitting only visions of thy beauty which lies within us. The title, Self-Reliance versus Self-Reliance, you can't see the capitalization of the second word. So the topic really is reliance on the little self versus reliance on the great self. And this is the essence of the practice of yoga. Yoga is the uniting of the little self with the great self. Yoga is union. We're trying to unite the little self, the ego, the sense of who I am, with the great self, the great I, the great spirit that is the real self of all. And so it is trying to put these two together. And there is a fine line here. And um, as we address it, maybe we can clarify what Kriyananda is referring to in that we have to learn to stand on our own two feet. We need to discipline ourselves, our lower nature, so that the higher nature can shine forth. And this reading from Whispers enunciates this, that we are beauty, but we're not transparent because of the ego, because of the attachments, because of delusion, because of the tamaguna, because of the darkening nature. And we've embraced that and become locked in it, and we've forgotten that we're beautiful and that we're beings of light. And we have to step up and then allow the divine to shine through us. So it's not as hard as it might be, but it does take some effort on all of our parts to get there. 
there is a wonderful analogy that the great master Paramahansa Ramakrishna gave. And he said that our spiritual work, our spiritual efforts are similar to a person on a sailboat. And what they have to do is raise the sail. And then the Divine Mother will blow them across the ocean of delusion and they'll be free. So he, like Kriyananda, said that our yoga efforts and our sadhana and our efforts to control our temper and improve our habits and attune ourselves to the divine are merely efforts to raise the sail. Because in the last analysis, it is God's power that frees us. When we do the purification ceremony every week, we say, I seek purification by the grace of God. So that's our self-reliance, our self-effort. But what does the master say? The master says, open your heart to me and I'll enter and take charge of your life. And by the grace of our masters, you're free. So most of the work is really just letting God do it and us stepping out of the way. There's um, an interesting story that Swami Kriyananda tells of a visit to Yogi Ramiya, who was a great, a liberated master in India. Paramahansa Yogananda met him in India in 1935. And Master said they, they held hands and walked around the garden in an ecstatic state of bliss. <laughs> master said, if I had spent 10 more minutes in his company, I never would have come back from India. So you can imagine the power of this saint. And you can just imagine these this avatar, Paramahansa Yogananda, and this great yogi, liberated yogi, walking around in a blissful state, enjoying the beauty of God. And Swami Kriyananda returned the visit in 1960, and he went to this great yogi's ashram. Swami Kriyananda found that there was only about six people there. Swami Kriyananda had been assigned by his guru to edit and write books and write music and found the community and do all these things and give lectures and teach how to meditate and teach Kriya and on and on and on and on. So when he got to this great master living alone in a forest, he looked at him and said, why don't you have any disciples? Why, what are you doing here, you know, in a sweet way? But... <laughs> um, the, the yogi said, very succinctly, God has done with this body what he will. And this is the other half of the self-effort, is self-reliance, with a capital S, relaxing into the divine will. This is definitely a part of our job. Last week we had a 44th anniversary of Ananda, and some of the early members of Ananda, the first members of Ananda actually, uh, told stories about the founding of this community. And I was just struck by the power of Master to work through, with all due respect, this group, <laughs> whom I dearly love and revere. But at the same time, that's a miracle. <laughs> we don't have that sort of worldly power and those sorts of backings and assets and experience. At the time, we were very young. And yet, because Swami Kriyananda repeatedly impressed upon us, God is the doer. You're not doing this. Don't be afraid. I think, I think part of what he was telling us was, I don't, it's true for me, I was 22 years old. 
how can this great work happen through me? I don't know anything. I've never done anything. I don't have any, anything. <laughs> but God is the doer and God can use any instrument. This is what we have to remember. We have to rely on the divine. And it's really the ego that allows us to not rely on the divine or prevents us from it. We have to wipe away that idea that God can't work through you. You're not good enough. God can work through you. If you let God work through you, if we let God help us into samadhi, into realization, he can do it. If we open our heart to him and let him work. It is true that we do need a certain amount of self-effort. We have to put out a little energy. We And those founding members of Ananda had to get up early and build what they could and do what they could and serve guests and tune in and meditate and do all those things. Yes, but only to put up the sail so the Divine Mother could blow us home. That's the truth. I'm going to tell you a story that happened in 2000 and. Four. 2004, uh, Ananda Sacramento needed a Mondir badly. <laughs> we had way too many people every Sunday and every event, and we had this little rented room, and it, it just wasn't happening. And we knew that we needed a big Mondir to host this growing family. We had asked Swami Kriyananda, Swamiji, should we build a temple of light? He said, no, you know, I think in this case, why don't you just buy an existing building, then we'll have it and we'll be ready. So we said, okay, so we started the process and we had lots of committees. How can you put up the energy? You have a fundraising committee and you have evening of enchantments and you write to everyone and you get a, a real estate agent. Oh, in fact, you get a bunch of real estate agents and you get brokers and you, you just do everything you can to try to find where is this Mondir? What master? Your work is, is constricted. You better do something. And that's the way I, I always talk to Master. I just say, look, this is your work. I don't have anything to do with it. I just work for you. You know, it just solve these problems. So we were talking to Master and all these people. And we, were, we had big maps of where the Mondir should be and what kind of building we needed. And we had fundraisers. And some of our fundraisers were less than significant. I remember an email from Tim Clark. He said, we had had about three fundraisers, and we had a, a net of $700 from the, from the three fundraisers. And, so, and Tim said, Ananta, I think it's going to take more than $761 to buy a Mondir. So I said, yeah, I think it is. But, you know, Master's got to do it. Anyway, so it comes around, and it's my birthday. Swami Kriyananda sends me an email. It says, and I quote, Dear Ananta, happy birthday. I wanted to get you a Mondir for your birthday, but Master has done that already. Love, Swami. <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> so we talk, and we say, anybody seen any Mondirs lately? <laughs> no. We didn't, have any, we didn't have any leads. We didn't have any hot deals. Nothing absolutely is happening. But you, when Swami writes, wrote, and when he spoke... His words were chosen very carefully. I wanted to get you a mandir for your birthday, but Master has done that already. Master has done that already. Very interesting. We just meditated on it, and we continued with our efforts, however feeble. 
misplaced and unprofessional they were, we continued to work. And sure enough, we got a Mondeer and we got it by May 19th, Swami Kriyananda's birthday. I couldn't resist. Dear Swamiji, Master got you a Mondeer for your birthday. Love, Ananta Maria. I figured I didn't have to tell him anything about it since he knew that Master got us for it nine months before. But it's interesting because all of the efforts by all the committees and many, many people were working very hard to try to find this Mondeer. But Master has done it already. This is the reality of the divine consciousness. This is where Kriyananda lives. This is where Yogananda lives. And this is where we have to live. We have to live in the consciousness that Master has done it already. Your self-realization is achieved. Now, all that's left is for you to do some sadhana and serve selflessly and do a few Kriyas and give up your desires and a few other things. But it's happening. It's already happening now. Master has done it already. The Mondir is the Mondir in Sacramento. It's beautiful. And it has that vibration of a gift from the Guru in response to the self-reliance and the efforts of the disciples. We don't get attunement by just passively waiting for it to happen. Each of you had a choice this morning. Do you want to get up and seek self-realization? What is this life flowing through my veins? What is this consciousness throwing, flowing through my brain? You have that choice every single day. But you chose to pursue it, to put out effort. And every day we make that choice. Every day is self-reliance for the ego or self-reliance for the soul. And you get in the habit of the soul getting the nod every day. I'm going to go with this. Why? The spiritual path is difficult at first and then effortlessly liberating. As you attune to that joy, that self-fulfillment of the spiritual path, you really wonder why you waited so long. Why were you stuck in delusion so long? And it is just putting up that sail. But once you put up the sail, then the breeze of Divine Mother's grace, the blessings of the Masters, the presence of the Masters is more and more a constant and a deep reality. And so in every aspect of our lives, we have to attune ourselves to this other end of the spiritual spectrum. We have to feel that the love that we have for our friends and our children and our parents is a little spark, as Maria read in the Bhagavad Gita, of the infinite love of God, divine love. Every little bit of prosperity is a part of divine prosperity. How do we cultivate this? Well, there's a number of practices. One that's very helpful is the Hong Sa technique. I am spirit. It keeps you out of that thought of I am this body, I am this educated, I am this hardworking, I am this skilled, I have spent 10 years studying my trade, I'm really good at it. I, I, I. Big problem. Try to feel that the divine is flowing through you in your trade, flowing through you as wisdom in your education, in your knowledge, in your experience, that it's flowing through you as beauty. When you look at yourself in the mirror 
and you're looking really good. It is. You're looking really good because God is looking good through you. God is flowing through you. It read that, that part in the Gita, Maria read that whenever you see prosperity, I know some very, very wealthy people. And my favorite wealthy people are people that feel that God and goodness or light or something is flowing through them. There's a quality of non-attachment that allows that prosperity to just flow through them. I used to know a man that was referred to in Sacramento as Mr. Apartment Complex. <laughs> he owned 24 apartment complexes. That was never my goal in life, but he was a very kind, generous man who, because his wife was a disciple, advised us on our apartments as for the community. It was always a sense of freedom and sharing and giving. And that's why he was so prosperous. That's why you're so beautiful. Because beauty flows through you. Because kindness flows through you. If you can tune in to the great self and rely on that and feel that beauty flowing through you. And then seeing around you beauty in all of its forms with the beautiful wind and the beautiful trees and the beautiful ocean and beautiful cars and beautiful buildings and beautiful clothes, but it's all beauty from one source, you, the divine. That is what's flowing you through you. That's what that chant is about. It's a wonderful chant because when you disappear, your enjoyment and your love and your peace expands exponentially. Kriyananda often and always said, I haven't written any books. I haven't written any music. You know, in that regard, I'm like Kriyananda. I haven't written any books. I haven't written any music. <laughs> but I'd like to be more like Kriyananda and feel that everything that's happening in your life is flowing through the divine, through you. And maybe you've got Maybe you've got an ability to, Kriyananda could write and express thoughts. How wonderful. And he wrote beautiful music, but he always had that distance from it so that music could flow whenever it wanted to. He never looked at his resume and said, I have created this. He said, Divine Mother has given me this. Master has flowed through this music. Try to feel in everything you do and the good stuff too. If you're a great school teacher, wonderful. God is working through you in that way. If God is working through you as a doctor, a nurse, a mechanic, a farmer, it doesn't matter what you do because you're not doing it. God is doing it through you. If you cultivate that, if you meditate on that, at the end of the day, when you introspect, when you give up the whole day and give it back to the Divine Mother, feel that the Divine Mother has done this through you. And something when it's a good day, wow, that was wonderful. Wow, that really came out good. When it's a bad day, that's her problem. <laughs> that really went badly, didn't it? It's okay. It's all okay. But meditate on that and feel that. And feel that you are spirit. Hong saw, I am spirit. Everything is happening through me. That is why Ananda succeeded. It's because Kriyananda said, God is the doer. Master will guide us. Let's let him do it. We constantly have to remind ourselves of that every day. The, God is flowing through the internet. God is flowing through India. God is flowing through Mexico City. God is flowing through 
Portland, all these places, and many places yet to come. It's all God. It's God is the great self, but you are part of God. You're nothing without God. Naya Swamis say, I'm not, a, I'm no, no, I do not exist as a separate entity. <laughs> it's just God happening through. That's what we want to do. We want to be done with that confining it. When you let go of it, you feel so much joy, so much expansion, and then you are a part of all that is. And that's why we say that in the festival. You are a part of all it is. You're so much bigger. And Yogi Ramiya, Paramahansa Yogananda, Swami Kriyananda, so much bigger. All of us, every person here, every person on the internet, there's a lot of things on the internet. Why do you stop for satsang? Why do you stop on ananda.org for Sunday? What is this life flowing through my vein? This pressing question. What is the reality. The reality of it is that you are a part of God and God is flowing through you. God is beauty. You are beauty. God is Ananda. You are Ananda. God is love. You are love. There is, I stayed with Swami Sachitananda once. He's passed away now. But a young disciple came to him and he came to the satsang. He said, Swamiji, I just started the spiritual life. I just started meditating and chanting. And I used to write poetry. And now that I'm meditating, I don't write any poetry. What's, what's going on? Satchitananda looked at him. He said, before you came on the spiritual path, you wrote poetry. Now you are poetry. God bless you all. <laughs>